Welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It's Thursday, January 13th, 2022. And this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health. And when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. You can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there. If you have any questions about anything, just hit the Contact Me button. It gives you the option of calling and leaving a message or sending an email. Either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours, and we'll do everything we can to get you uh, get your questions answered and get you up to speed and on the right track. Also, while you're on the site, be sure and hit the Radio Shows tab. And at the top of the page, you'll see the link to our archive page set up through castbox.fm. And uh, there's over 700 shows up there now. They're all annotated as to what we talked about. They're shareable via email and social media, which we encourage you to do. And just have fun with it. Also, if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information of the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And then at the bottom of the page is the link to the Facebook page set up for the show and the Telegram chat room or Telegram channel. And Telegram is where most of the stuff goes on these days because they don't censor like Facebook does. So just have fun with that. We also have a sister site, yourdiywealth.com. It's exactly the same. Just change the H to a W and uh, you'll be there. Your DIY, like do it yourself, wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H. And while you're there, be sure and hit the uh, Hyperverse tab. That's a program that is just... uh, changing the lives of virtually everyone who gets involved with it and it's been uh, going strong for a little over two years now has uh, really really changed a lot of people's lives for the better Uh, i've been involved since may and it's working like a charm for me Um, i really have no 
concerns about finances anymore. Uh, it just is amazing what this thing can do. It is not an investment, however. Just want to get that out ahead of time. Um, it is a rewards program of sorts, but um, the rewards are convertible into financial uh, items that you can then use to purchase things and do whatever you want with. And uh, the best part is, is outside the centralized banking system. So when they shut everything down, this will keep going. And you'll have a way that you can still buy and sell, even if you haven't taken the mark. So I encourage you to check it out. Um, just have fun with it. If you have any questions, you can t contact me. I'll be happy to help you out with it. And uh, just uh, just check it out. Might be for you, might not. That's okay. Either way, but um, it is worth taking a look at. Now, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show were those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Truth Frequency Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in this show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Now, the number to call into the show is 833-TFR-LIVE. That's 833-837-5483. 833-837-5483. Or 833-TFR-LIVE. All righty then. Well, you know, I've been uh, thinking about changing gears a little bit, at least for part of the show, because, you know, when you talk about COVID and COVID and COVID and COVID, uh, sounds like a law firm. <laughs> uh, but um, you talk about that all the time. It get, gets kind of old, uh, even though it is uh, a very important topic in this day and age. But there are other things. And all you got to do is watch the uh, commercials on primetime TV, and you'll know what I mean. The other day I was watching one, and uh, it was a ad for one of these um, uh, little oxygen, um, what do you call them, concentrators, I guess is the best way to put it. I can't remember the name of it. But it's these little, uh, little boxes that you sling around your shoulder if you've got COPD or asthma or some kind of thing. And you have the little tube that runs out and the cannula that goes under the na nasal, you know, the... Uh, under the nose and basically untethers you from your oxygen system in your home so you can get out and sort of enjoy life again. That's what they allude to. But the thing is, is these things don't fix anything. They just make it possible. It's, it's, it's kind of like a, like a scuba tank. You know, you can't breathe underwater, but you take one of these scuba tanks, you can go down there for a little while, you can look around and visit the fishies and all that kind of stuff, but sooner or later, you got to come back to the surface. And that's kind of what's going on with this thing. It basically just, you know, allows you to go places, you know, within a short distance of home, because sooner or later, the battery on this thing is going to go dead and you're going to be out of luck, and then you have to run home and hook up to your big tank of oxygen again or your big floor-mounted concentrator that you have at home, whatever the case might be. So as everything with allopathic medicine, it never fixes the problem. It simply is a cure or a, um, uh, a management system. 
And that's why, you know, I, I, I cringe every time I hear hospitals or um, doctor's offices, you know, referred to as healthcare. Because they are anything but that. If they were, you know, if, if truth in advertising appear, applied to allopathic medicine, then number one, they would not be allowed to call themselves healthcare. They'd have to admit that they are symptom suppression and disease management uh, personnel. And they would also um, have to tell the truth and say that we are only qualified to deal with chronic or excuse me, acute situations like broken bones, trauma cases, gunshot wounds, you know, car wrecks, those kind of things, and a handful of infectious diseases. But when it comes to chronic health issues, the things that either require you to be on medication for life or using these little oxygen concentrators, those things are totally outside of the uh, realm of experience, training, and knowledge for the average allopathic medical practitioner or MD, mad dog, medical deity, whatever you want to call them. And uh, that's the thing. You know, now take, for example, these little devices that concentrate your oxygen. You know, it, normally, those things are used for people that have COPD or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. The thing is, is COPD is a chronic health issue, and it's proven to be caused by a nutritional deficiency. So when you go to your doctor and he diagnoses you with COPD, if he actually was properly trained, he would put you on a regimen of 90 essential nutrients with extra essential fatty acids, which support the lung tissue and the ability to breathe. <laughs> and in no time at all, usually less than three months, you wouldn't have COPD anymore. But what do they do instead? They put you on little inhalers and all these other things that basically just manage the symptoms. And ultimately, when those things stop working, then the symptom management goes to the next level, which is to put you on oxygen. And then you get tethered. <laughs> You're tied to the home or within range with your little uh, device that you can carry around with you. But the bottom line is uh, you're always reliant on some source of concentrated oxygen or you're going to die, basically. And it's a sad situation because most people haven't got a clue that there are options to going to the MD and having him give you the drugs or the inhalers or the, you know, writing a prescription for one of these little uh, oxygen concentrators. You know, there are options that would allow you to just basically break off the chains of that um, illness and it would truly allow you to enjoy life again. And I'm not just I'm not just talking conjecture. You know, in 2015, uh, April of 2015, Dr. Wallach did a radio show, and uh, I was answering the phones for the people that called in. And a gentleman who's actually uh, in Ohio, same state as me, about an hour and a half north of me, uh, called in, and I happened to take his call. And um, he told me he had COPD, that he had been working his entire career in a, 
really nasty, um, like a machine shop kind of thing, a lot of nasty dust in the air and all kinds of garbage and whatnot but he had been diagnosed with COPD and he was about to the point where he was going to have to go on oxygen and I put him on a basic um, protocol using the 90 essential nutrients appropriate for his body weight and extra essential fatty acids and within 90 days he didn't have COPD anymore he was back to normal and he was absolutely amazed. He called and told me about it, and he was just so thankful. And he has been a uh, Longevity distributor ever since. He signed up as a distributor, um, utilizes the products. He's been on auto ship, you know, without fail for all that time. And he uses the stuff religiously. And his health issues are gone. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Besides dealing with the specific uh, whatever chronic issue you've got, the nutrition is broad spectrum because your body, that's what your body uses to stay healthy. So besides dealing with the COPD, it also will help with any skin conditions you may have. Um, it will boost your immune system. So you don't know you can thumb your nose at COVID basically. <laughs> um, all these different things. It just really is, uh, life-changing and for people who have you know been hooked to the md wagon for their entire life you know if you're listening to this for the first time let me tell you right now there is hope and there are things out there that can be done and there, like i said in the opening of my show there's over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency that MDs will stick you on drugs for life instead of curing you. Yeah, I said cure. <laughs> you know, there's also the word reverse. Uh, we talk about that all the time. We reverse chronic health issues because, you know, if you go to my website, your D-I-Y-O-U-R, D-I-Y, like do it yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H.com, yourdiyhealth.com, click on the Who Am I tab, and scroll to the bottom of the page. There's a short list there of about 15 or 20 different things that um, I had before I started using these products on April 22nd of 2012. AFib, extremely high blood pressure. My blood pressure was 185 over 120 for about five or six years. You know, at that time, I was going to a doctor because I was uh, taking Prilosec for gastric re reflux. And I had to go in every six months to get my prescription renewed. And that's one of the biggest problems because that illness and the medication they give you for it is literally the gateway to more and more and more chronic health issues. And we may get into that in a little bit here. We'll see. But... Um, Bottom line, you know, my doctor kept wanting to put me on blood pressure medicine. I said, I refuse. I'm going to do what I can to, to fix it naturally. And I was up every morning when my wife got up at 4.30. I got up with her and jumped on my treadmill for half an hour. And I was, you know, walking and walking and walking and, you know, doing everything. And lo and behold, none of it worked because I was following the MD's prescription, which sucks because <laughs> they have no clue what they're talking about 
You know, it's like if you're trying to lose weight, they'll say, you know, just exercise and eat whole grains. Guaranteed you're going to gain weight, if anything, but you ain't going to lose. Um, but anyway, for years I was doing that and nothing worked. And it wasn't until I got on board with Longevity and Dr. You know, just listening to Dr. Wallach's radio shows and doing the same thing he was telling everybody else to do. Within 30 days, my blood pressure went from 185 over 120 to 99 over 77, and it's normal to this day. I haven't had any problems. Everything works like it's supposed to. Um, I had AFib, um, atrial fibrillation. You know, my heart felt like it was jumping around on my chest trying out for the Olympic gymnastics team. 30 days later, back to normal. Um, goodness gracious, I was 240 pounds, 70 pounds overweight, and in about a year's time, lost all that weight, got back down to 170, um, and had all kinds of other things besides sensitive teeth, floaters in the eyes, uh, oh, arthritis everywhere. My back pain was so bad, I couldn't bend over the sink in the morning to splash water on my face. I couldn't kneel. Uh, if I got on my knees, it was just excruciatingly painful. Both my knees were bone on bone, and in, it took 90 days to rebuild them. But I went from walking with a cane and limping like crazy to going up and down stairs two at a time. Um, it was just absolutely unbelievable. People that knew me and knew what things had been like, they couldn't believe what the change. And they said, what are you doing? I said, nutrition. <laughs> I said, I'd love to tell you about it if you listen. Nobody wanted to hear it. <laughs> they don't want to have to do anything other that's any more than taking a pill. Um, you know, that's the sad part, and especially when they find out that, oh, this you have to pay for this yourself. Insurance doesn't cover it because insurance only covers what kills you. So, uh, you know, if you want to do things right, you just got to take it upon yourself. And trust me, it's well worth it. Um, but I got rid of all those health issues. And everything was gone in 30 days with the exception of rebuilding my knees, which, like I said, took 90. But I've helped lots and lots of other people. You know, I had this one little lady that used to come to meetings that I would go to. She was um, in her late 70s, I'm guessing. And um, she had COPD, used to have it. And, I mean, when she, she told stories about how she would uh, go to church and her church was in one of these neighborhoods where it was the old style where you have a bunch of steps going up to the front door of the church. Then once you're inside, you have a bunch more steps that go up into the sanctuary. And she would have to stop several times to catch her breath before she could finally get all the way in and get to her pew and sit down and, and worship the Lord. And uh, when she got on board with the Longevity products, she said, within 90 days, I was going up and down those stairs like nobody's business. Didn't have to stop. Wasn't, you know, people were looking at me like, Are, is that you? <laughs> uh, and I mean, she was doing just great. You know, problem solved. Now, doesn't that beat, you know, it's bad enough if you got COPD, you can hardly breathe to start with. And then on top of it, you're forced to carry this little box with you that weighs, you know, 10, 15 pounds. So it's just extra weight that you got to lug along when just carrying your own body weight, you know, from point A to point B is excruciatingly, you know, tough. So now you got to lug this thing with you. Isn't it better just to reverse the problem 
get rid of the issue and enjoy life. And that's what this, this lady's doing. Had another lady who had had a uh, knee replacement and the doctor, idiot doctor, put in the wrong size prosthesis and it was wiggling around and causing her pain from the day it was installed until about three months after getting on board with Longevity. Her son was a distributor, and it took him several months to talk her into trying it. But when she got on the nutritional program for bone and joint support, lo and behold, the pain eventually went away. Now, how would that be? Well, if you've ever been to uh, out in the country and you see a um, somebody, a farmer that has a wire fence, ultimately somewhere along the line there will be a tree growing right where they wanted to put a post for the fence. Well, instead of wasting the post by putting it next to the tree, they'll just staple the wire to the tree. And if you come back a few years later, you'll see that the wire is now running through the tree. The tree is actually grown around that wire, and it ain't going anywhere. Well, that's exactly what happens when you do bone and joint support with our products. If you have a prosthesis that's stuck into, you know, it's a spike that sticks into the uh, top of the femur, and uh, if it's loose, it wiggles around and it causes pain. But eventually, when you give the body the stuff it needs, the bone will actually grow around that device and lock onto it so that it doesn't wiggle anymore. And the pain goes away. And I've seen that myself. Uh, I've seen it in other people. We've actually had people grow cartilage on top of fake knees. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. But... Um, this stuff, you know, the doctor, well, it's impossible to regrow cartilage. You know, once it's gone, it's gone. Well, of course, they're taught that. And in all deference to these idiots, when all you're giving is Tylenol and steroids and things like that, they're right. You can't regrow cartilage. But when you give the body the raw materials it's designed to use to build cartilage, it'll do it all day long. And that's what we see all the time. You know, I, like I said, I rebuilt both my knees. They were bone on bone. And in no time at all, I had cartilage back and everything was working and threw away the cane, stopped limping, blew my wife away. She couldn't believe it, you know, because she's a nurse working in uh, total hip and knee replacements for the last 30 years. And all these idiot doctors she works with, it's impossible to regrow cartilage. And she told me that, you know, I said, you can't do it. And I said, just watch me. <laughs> and 90 days later, she's like, what? How'd you do that? <laughs> it's impossible. No, <laughs> not if you give the body the right stuff. And that's that's what works. I mean, and the thing is, you know, my blood pressure problem, gone. You know, I'm on, I had so many different things. I probably would have been taking easily 15 to 20 different medications if I let my doctor have her way and medicate me for everything I had wrong. Instead, I'm 64 years old, and I don't take any drugs at all. I get up in the morning, I take my supplements, I go all day long. I usually eat once a day around 5 to 6 o'clock, and um, everything is fine. Plenty of energy, do everything I need to do, um, concentration, the whole shoot and match, everything's great. And uh, where most people my age are loaded up on drugs, 
every day is worse to me every day is better you know i'm i'm shooting for within the next two years to have a uh, 60 foot blue water catamaran that i will be sailing around the world on by myself solo you know most people don't do that at 64 65 66 years old you know if they do it they're you know they're like Laura Decker. She did it when she was 13. <laughs> she didn't have a 60-foot catamaran either. She had like a little 20-foot monohull that, you know, I mean, I just give her all the credit in the world for, for doing what she did. But, you know, most people that do this stuff are much younger. They wouldn't dream at, you know, at, at, at the age most people decide to retire, sit back and watch the world go by to do something crazy like hop on a sailboat and venture off into the deep blue Pacific or whatnot and, you know, try to go around the world. But um, I have every intention of doing that, and I have uh, the belief that uh, it'll work just fine. I'm going to have a great time and uh, looking forward to it. That's the difference between giving your body the stuff it needs to take care of itself and keep itself healthy as opposed to going to the mad dog, the medical deity, uh, the misdirected dingleberry, <laughs> um, and letting yourself be put on drugs. You know, if I was on all these drugs, there's no way I would be able to do what I want to do because I can't, I couldn't venture off that far offshore. I'd have to be back every couple of weeks or whatnot to see my witch doctor to get a new fix, a new prescription. And then plus, you know, you can't get enough to last a, a year or whatever it is going around the world. And you don't know if you're going to be able to get what you need in other countries. So, you know, that, that, you know, dream is just shot all to heck. So it's insane to, to, to use that kind of stuff rather than using what the body is designed to use which is nutrition so we're just about out of time for this segment uh, we'll be back here in three minutes and we'll get into other things but uh, stick with us and we'll be back in just a few minutes with more your diy health here on the truth frequency radio network be right back Get it all back. They say, we'll legalize your drug deal, but you gotta give us lots of jack. Well, wake up, you're being screwed. Pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude. They don't care if you live or you die. Long as they get that piece of pie. My, my, my. Don't care if you live or you die. Long as I get that piece of And welcome back to the second segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. Um, before the break, we were talking about um, 
things you can do to restore your health and reverse chronic health issues issues instead of just managing them like the uh, doctors, your MDs, want to do. And uh, just another real quick story, a kind of a sad one, unfortunately. Uh, a friend of mine, you know, who's uh, exactly four years older than me, born on the same day. Uh, he was just four years before me. And um, several years ago, uh, his wife told me that he was uh, experiencing kidney failure. And I said, well, that's not a problem. We can deal with that without any trouble at all. And she was all for it. Unfortunately, he was not lazy, you know, <laughs> and basically we, we got him to try it. He was, when we started, he was at 6% kidney function and had been putting things off. You know, the doctor's been saying, you need to be on dialysis and all this junk. And I said, you're going to die. It's not going to get any better. And um, so anyway, we got him on the products and he started doing them. And two weeks later, he went from 6% to 11% almost doubled his kidney function in two weeks. And the doctors couldn't believe it. They've never seen anything like that. I said, it's just, it's natural. You give the body what it needs, it fixes itself. Simple as that. And uh, <laughs> the sad thing was, again, you know, he was a big boy, so to do it properly for his body weight, you know, was very expensive. You know, he was over 300 pounds, and we were only doing a 200-pound dose, and he still got that kind of results in that short of a period. But it was, would have run about 600 bucks a month. And he talked to his doctor, and the doctor said, well, your insurance will cover the uh, home dialysis system. won't cost you anything. He said, I'm going with that. I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I said, if, if you stick with this for 90 days, you could go on a maintenance dose, lower levels, and be done for the most part and have your kidney function and your life back. But it's, And you'd probably lose a boatload of weight over the next year or two as well. And instead, he decided to opt for the home dialysis that insurance would cover. And uh, I attended his funeral here about a month ago. You know, it took a while, but it finally killed him. And uh, just a sad situation where people will put finances ahead of their health. And that's true insanity. Because without your health, your wealth is worthless. And, you know, it's, it's just unbelievable that people will make that kind of decision. And that goes right into what we're dealing with right now in present day America and literally around the world. You have people who are endangering their health for a paycheck. I was just talking to a friend of mine last night at church. He was telling me they won't be here Sunday because uh, he and his wife are going to Virginia to visit their son, who uh, <laughs> just once the... Um, uh, it was within, it was after the pandemic actually got started that he enlisted in the Coast Guard. And something he's always wanted to do, which I can fully understand. You know, I, I was in the Marine Corps and same thing. I always wanted to be a Marine. Um, not in this day and age, but back then when I was young and foolish, that's how the military gets young people because they're young and foolish. But, um, you know, it's 
a situation where you know he was he was doing well and he graduated here about a uh, oh about a year ago I guess and then came the mandates for the shots for the everybody in the military and so far the only one who the only ones who have received any um, support on their religious exemptions as a handful of Navy SEALs. You know, with a, about a, a week or so ago, a federal court uh, issued a stay uh, covering those SEALs who had put in uh, religious exemption paperwork. Uh, they're the only ones, everyone else in the military has been turned down. Not a single one has gone through, which is absolutely unbelievable. Um the people that sign up to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, apparently don't have their own the rights that they're signing up to protect for everybody else, which is not true. But that's the way it looks like because the you know the criminally ill or criminally insane people running the military now. But anyway, you know I. Uh, this young man's getting ready to go out on a six-week cruise, you know, sea duty. And uh, he's in Virginia, so they're going down to visit him before he takes off. He'll be out for, like I said, six, eight weeks and then come back kind of thing. And uh, I asked him, I said, uh, what's the deal? Did he end up having to, did he get a waiver or did he take the shot or are they pushing it on him or what's going on? Oh, he took it. They said he's had his first dose so far and hasn't had any problems. I said, well, that's uh, encouraging. Of course, he probably didn't get the real McCoy. He probably was one of the lucky ones that ended up with uh, uh, the saline solution. But And uh, his dad said that it doesn't look like they're going to make him take boosters, which I said, yeah, for now. I said, whatever the civilian world ends up doing you can bet the military will double down on it so he'll probably get stuck taking that down the road and one of them's probably going to kill him you know that's a sad thing i mean what we're doing to our military right now um the people that are smart conscientious hard workers are having to leave because they're not going to submit themselves to you know a literal death sentence And everybody left, you know, oh, I got to do it to keep my job. I want to stay in the military, you know, or even on the outside world. Well, they wouldn't give me a, a religious exemption, so I guess I got to take it. Well, in that case, you didn't deserve a religious exemption in the first place. You know, that's that mentality right there. They put in a religious exemption saying they have sincerely held religious beliefs that prohibit them from uh, defiling their bodies with these toxic jabs. And then when they're turned down, instead of fighting it, they just acquiesce and roll up their sleeve and take the jab. Well, guess what? The, the business was right when they turned you down because you really don't have sincerely held religious beliefs. You were, you were bluffing, and they called your bluff, and you lost. And you're probably going to lose big time. You know, I could sit here all through the, for the whole two hours of this show and just read off names 
and give obituaries of people who um, took the jab because of the job and are now dead. How am I going to put food on the table? Well, how are you going to put food on the table when you're six foot under? You know, at least if you're alive, you got a chance. But there's no turning back from these things. And, you know, if you get the real McCoy and not the, not the saline solution, you better pray that your immune system is really up to par, which it won't be. You know, that thing's going to get you. And it's sad that people are, are willing to put up with that. You know, last, last night I'm watching TV, and here's, you know, an ad for face masks. And it's one of these ones that has a little thing that they hang around your neck. And so they're always there. You never, never lose your mask. And like, give me a break. You know, a couple of years ago, that, that thing would have been run for bank robbers. Hey, are you running, you running into the bank to rob it? And you realize you forgot your mask or where is it? Oh, it's right here around my neck. Let me put this on so they can't see my face. Now (laughs) it's everybody but me. And a few other people. Just unbelievable how things have changed in the last couple of years. And as someone who raised my hand, not once, but three times, and took the oath to support, defend, protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, you know, first as a Marine, second when I joined the police department, third when I was promoted to sergeant, none of those oaths have an expiration date and to sit there and take an oath to defend the constitution and the rights that it's designed to uphold not that it grants but that it guarantees and to sit here and look at the american public who probably 80 percent of whom would never dream of you know, lowering themselves to be a military person or a law enforcement officer. They expect someone else to do that for them. And they just willy-nilly give up those rights without a question, without a word, without saying a thing that so many people have fought and died for over the history of this country. Just turns my stomach. And you may call me crazy or whatnot, but I look at anybody that puts a face mask on to go into the grocery store or the department store or while they're driving in their car by themselves, I look at them as the enemy. They are the enemy of freedom. I made up T-shirts. I have a little uh, meme that I made up a couple months back. Picture of a lady wearing a face diaper getting an injection. And the caption on it says, you cannot comply your way out of tyranny. And that's exactly right. These idiots that are out here wearing their face diapers, rolling up their sleeves and taking this in the hopes of maybe someday getting back to normal. My daddy used to say, wish in one hand and poop in the other and see which one fills up first. And he didn't say poop, actually. People that will sit there and comply with this stuff in hopes of the people that are putting these draconian measures upon them are going to 
reach a point where we say, okay, you've done enough. Now we're going to give your rights and freedoms back. Never happened, never will. I think what uh, I think it was Jefferson, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact thing, but it was something like anyone who hopes to, um, um, how's it go? Oh, I can't remember. I'll have to look at it during the break and see if I can find it. Um, man, it's bugging me now. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Um, <clears throat> but uh, anyway, you know, these people are out here that just think that, uh, oh, they're doing it for our own safety, our own good. And we'll we'll just put up with it, and then this thing will blow over. And then once everything is, once the bug is gone, then they'll let us go back to normal. They'll let us. It ain't going to happen. The only way this ends is for everyone to concertedly and as a, as a as a group stand up and say no more. We're not doing this anymore. You look around the world, you'll see cities where millions of people are turning up in the streets. These are places where they no longer have any other option. The only thing they can do is go out and voice their opinions as a uh a huge crowd because they no longer have the right to fight back or the ability because they've given up their guns. So the only thing they can do is just go out in the street and yell and scream and, and protest. And that's happening all over the world. There are places I saw a thing the other day where 3 million were in one area, you know, one big city uh, against the vaccine mandates. Another one, two million, another one, another million, you know, another hundreds of thousands. But they're showing up like crazy because they know it's wrong. And they have no other option at this point. If they don't stand together, they're going to hang separately, literally, just like Franklin said. And it's just a sad, sad situation where people are too unwilling to stand up and say no. You know, they they don't want to stand out in the crowd. You know, I, I was very hopeful here recently where when I went to my local grocery store, virtually everyone was barefaced. It was so nice to see people finally saying, you know, getting to the point where they're saying, up, oh, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going back. And then what happens? They roll out another variant, Omicron, or what's the reverse of that? Omicron or um, moronic. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> they roll that out, and all of a sudden, I'm the only one in the store without a face diaper again. It's like, what happened to you people? You know, And it's just unbelievable that people are willing to put up with this stuff. I go to Costco, and I'm one of only two people that I can see in the whole store not wearing a face diaper. But I'll tell you what, you talk, you pick, pick the biggest guy out of that place, and I thought you were a man. Oh, I'm a man, boy, they'll puff their chest up and do all this stuff. I said, no, you're not. 
a real man would not have a face diaper on right now. I see these guys that just it's disgusting. You know, I'm small. You know, I'm five foot eight, five foot nine, right around there, and uh, you know, sixty four years old. You won't catch me dead wearing one of them things. But these young, big, young, tough guys, you know, they're you know, they're, 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 I go out and play football, and I, you know, I can lift this, I can do that. But you'll let some wimpy little puke in city hall issue something, put on a piece of paper, totally unconstitutional, saying that you your rights are now gone, and you just let it happen. That's not a man. That's a wimp. And I see nothing but wimps in this country right now. It just turns my stomach when I look, and I, I, I saw a thing here recently of... Um, Marine Corps, uh, wasn't the silent drill team. I think it was a drum and bugle corps of all things. Wearing face masks. How the heck are you supposed to play a bugle with a face mask on? You know, when, when they got an order saying that you got to wear this face diaper, every single one of them should have stood up and said, no way. It's a violation of my oath, and it's a violation of my, more importantly, to my uh, relationship with my Lord. But nope. People just comply. It's absolutely disgusting. And one of these days, people are going to realize that they really screwed up. Unfortunately, by then, it'll probably be too late. You, know, you can you can vote your way into socialism, but you got to shoot your way out, and that's what they're going to find out, and it's going to be tough to deal with. And I I just uh, it's disgusting, it really is. If you're listening to me right now, and you're one of those people out there, you know, wearing face diapers when you go to the grocery store, I got to ask you something. When history is writing the chapter on this mess, what side are you going to be on? You're going to be on the right side or the wrong side. You're going to be on the side of the Constitution and individual rights and liberties, or are you going to be on the side of oppression? Because you're going to be on one or the other. And the people that stand up and say no to this crap are the ones that are on the right side. And the people that go along to get along, they're the Tories. They're the people that during the American Revolution were sitting on the sidelines with American flag in one hand and a Union Jack in the other, waiting to see which side would win. And they would just switch right over at that point. Spineless, gutless wimps. And when you look at the numbers, you know, back then, 3 to 5% actually were involved in the American Revolution. The other 95% were face diapers. Yeah. They were the lukewarm ones that the Bible talks about in Revelation. They're the ones that 
the Lord would spew from his mouth because you're neither hot nor cold. I'm not going to be in that bunch. I'm going to be in the 3 to 5% out there engaging in the animated contest for freedom. Yeah, it's just one of those things, people. You got to make a decision. But for crying out loud, get your head out of your backside. Start doing some thinking. You know, today it's face diapers. Tomorrow, well, now now it's, this is a year and a half ago. It was face diapers. Then comes next. What comes next? Lockdowns and all the um, injections. Now they're forcing the injections on everybody. It won't be long if people don't start standing up that you won't be able to do anything if you don't prove that you're injected. What are you going to do then? You know, it's a lot easier to fight before it gets to that point than when it shows up finally where, well, can't come in. As I, in Israel, you can't even go buy a Big Mac at McDonald's without showing proof of your injection. you got to scan it at the little kiosk before you can place your order, or it won't let you go forward. You want to see that happening here? They're planning for it. The only thing is whether or not people are going to stand up and oppose it in sufficient numbers. That's what has to be done. Well, we'll see here. Let's see what's going on. There's crazy stuff in the news, I'll tell you what. Leaked military documents show that ivermectin works through all throughout all phases of COVID. So why has the medical establishment suppressed it for two years? I can tell you that real easy. Because they had to. They couldn't get their emergency use authorization for their jabs if there was any viable alternative treatment modality available. That is the whole thing. They knew full well that ivermectin worked. Fauci had proof from the original SARS. They were using ivermectin, they were using hydroxychloroquine, it was working like a charm for the original SARS, and there's not that much difference between that one and this one. And he knew very well from the studies that the NIH had done. Hey, this stuff works great. But Fauci isn't about helping people. He's a psychopath that wants to kill as many people as possible and get as wealthy as he can in the process. And as a result, they had to shoot down any and all reports that said ivermectin hydroxychloroquine, budesonide, or any of the other things that have been proven to work just fine, you know, inexpensive, safe. They had to make sure that all those things were suppressed completely, and anyone who tried to recommend them was demonized. Look what happened to the America's frontline doctors, to um, Stella Emanuel, to um, uh, Simone Gold, uh, Dan Erickson out in California, um, Good heavens, just, you know, uh, Pierre Corey, uh, big guy pushing uh, I ivermectin. They're just, you know, they're beat down in the press because they're telling the truth 
and because it goes opposite of the um, uh, plans and everything that the uh, people running things want, they're demonized as people who push uh, misinformation. And as always, you know, the Bible is more up to date than yesterday or tomorrow's newspaper. And it tells us in the Old Testament, woe to the people who, you know, say up is down, down is up, good is bad, bad is good. But that's where we're at. All these folks out there that are demonizing the truth, calling it misinformation, wanting to lock people up for telling the truth, all this other stuff, you know, again, which side of history are you going to be on? But uh, we'll take a look at this article when we get back from the break, because we are just about out of time, I think maybe about 35 seconds before the break starts. But uh, leaked military documents show that ivermectin works throughout all phases of COVID. So why has the medical establishment suppressed it for two years? Another major bombshell has been found by Project Veritas in leaked military documents. Turns out that ivermectin, which has largely been banned in the United States ever since the pandemic started, is highly effective at treating the Fauci flu. A section of the uh, document reveals that ivermectin was identified as curative in April 2020 because it works throughout all phases of the illness, because it both inhibits viral replication and modulates the immune response. Stick with us. We'll get the rest of this when we get back from the break. Welcome back to hour number two of your DIY health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And uh, as promised, during the break, I managed to find that Thomas Jefferson quote that I was looking for earlier. Basically what it is, if a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. If a nation, uh, the functionaries of every government have propensities to command at will the liberty and property of their constituents. Isn't that what we're seeing right now? There is no safe deposit for these, but with the people themselves, nor can they be safe with them without information. Where the press is free and every man able to read, all is safe. That's a letter by Thomas Jefferson to Colonel Charles Yancey, January 6th, 1816. So anyway, wanted to find that. It was driving me crazy. <laughs> Actually, not a drive, but a short putt. But 
getting back to the article we were looking at on ivermectin uh, in the military documents, let's uh, jump back into that. You read that right. The government knows and fully admits, at least to other government insiders, that ivermectin is a cure for COVID that has been kept out of the hands of the American people for political and eugenics reasons. Also admitted in the same document is the fact that hydroxychloroquine is also a curative substance for COVID. It is outlined as a SARS-R-CoV inhibitor, as is interferon. The plan, as we now see, is to deprive the, the public of curative agents like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine in order to steer the herd straight into remdesivir, which Tony Fauci, Fauci partially owns and is lethal. It kills 53.1% of the people that took it in a uh, study done on uh, um, Ebola in 2018 and 2019 which is one of the reasons that's what the drug that they uh, mandated to be used in all the hospital protocols. They're going to kill as many people as they possibly can, as well as the injections introduced by Donald, father of the vaccine, Trump, under warp speed. And as far as I'm concerned, he has the blood of millions on his hands now, too, because he keeps pushing these things. He's got to know the truth. I cannot believe that in the information age we have, with the connections that he has, he does not know what's really going on. And to sit there and continually promote these toxic bioweapons as safe and effective is criminal. And he needs to answer for it right along with Gates and Fauci and the rest. Another revelation in the documents explains that EcoHealth Alliance, in its proposal to DARPA for funding, admitted that the vaccine approach lacks sufficient uh, epitope coverage, whatever that is, <laughs> to protect against quasi-species of the coronavirus. What this means, of course, is that any new mutation or variation that occurs in deviation from the original SARS-CoV-2 can easily bypass the injections and their associated variants. No, excuse me, and uh, their associated boosters. But only that, or not only that, but the jabs are potentially detrimental, <laughs> you think? <laughs> the documents go on to reveal because they damage the immune system's antibody response, particularly to other COVID variants and anything else for that matter. They basically knock your immune system out. If you get the first two doses and two boosters by the time you get shot number four, you virtually have no immune system left. It's going to destroy it, and you're going to be at the will of big pharma for any protection, and they're not going to give it to you. <laughs> While the uninjected person who becomes exposed to the original Fauci flu and recovers develops permanent immunity to all mutations and variants, the same cannot be said for the fully injected whose bodies will not be able to handle encountering them. This is where the AIDS thesis of these injections comes into play, making the fully vaccinated or injected um, meaning that the fully injected are basically undergoing a process of immune wasting, much like an AIDS patient. 
the nature of using a spike protein injection with one epitope um, against a spike protein injection with a quasi-species may explain the unusual and potentially detrimental antibody response amongst the injected to the new COVID variants. The documents read, fundamentally, the knowledge the proposal uh, provides signals that the risk of antibody-dependent enhancement from vaccination injection should be evaluated with high priority on top of uh, the reality that single epitope vaccine, vaccines or injections will have little effect against SARS-CoV-WIV, what is, that is, as indicated in the proposal. All of this would have been uh, written before there were even any injections available, at least as far as the public was aware. Yeah, those injections have been sitting in warehouses for months and months and years probably. It was also before there was even, uh, really even, a pandemic. Again, at least as far as the public was aware. Meanwhile, cheap, safe, and effective ivermectin is a so taboo now that doctors are actually being threatened with termination for prescribing it to their patients. Yeah, it's happened multiple times. If this is not evidence enough to convince you that the powers that be want you dead and not safe, as they claim... Well, then perhaps nothing will. And for old Sleepy Joe to be sitting in there whispering, get your vaccine, it's good for you. That disgusting snob puke, he needs to be uh, dealt with. But uh, anyway, shouldn't probably say that kind of stuff, but uh, he's, he's right up there with, you know, killing people right up with everybody else. Who here made it through the biggest PSYOP in history and who didn't get jabbed? Congrats, joked one commentator at zero, commenter at Zero Hedge. Yep, the biggest con in American history, responded another. Why is Fauci still a free man? Good question. Not only do they know that ivermectin works, they know that high-dose IV vitamin C works miracles even in the most critical of cases, wrote another. And the thing is, is, if you're doing all 90 essential nutrients, you don't even need high doses of vitamin C. Just normal doses will work just fine. Because as any student of Dr. Wallach knows, vitamin C is worthless without mineral cofactors. And since most people are minerally deficient, that's why they have to give maximum or monster doses of vitamin C to get anything done. They have to use it so much that it kicks the door down. But if you have the mineral cofactors that go along with the vitamin C, instead of having to give 5 grams, you can give 500 milligrams and get the same or better results. Imagine that. So uh, you know, keep those things in mind. These people that push fractionated nutrition like you know, high doses of vitamin C, which is uh, great, but it's 89 short of what they should be getting. You know, You have 90 essential nutrients. C is only one of them. Uh, you need to give them all, not just one. And given monster doses of one does not make up for not having the other 89 available. Trust me. So there you have it. But leaked government documents show that these things work. And, of course, they have been withheld. And Fauci has attacked them every step of the way. 
And uh, one good place to see all this, and I highly recommend it, get a copy of The Real Anthony Fauci. Bookstores everywhere should have it. And uh, it's an eye-opener. I know this little puke, little Ferengi was a uh, uh, criminal. I just didn't know how criminal. And, man, I'll tell you what, he is right up there, um, top ten in the world in history. <laughs> There's no question. He's, you know, he's every bit as bad as Hitler and Stalin. He's going to kill more people. Just unbelievable. But he needs to be arrested. Discovery. This is interesting. Natural sweetener xylitol can fight bacteria and viruses, including the COVID-19 virus. That's, uh, that's something I've never seen before, but a lot of the longevity products actually have xylitol in them. Natural sweetener xylitol is low-calorie alternative sugar, uh, may have strong antiviral and antibacterial properties. Research suggests that xylitol may have both antibacterial and antiviral properties and unusual combination found in a natural ingredient. Xylitol could help people cut down their use of dangerous and expensive prescription medications against diseases like the Wuhan coronavirus. Xylitol is commonly used as a sugar alternative and can be found in many sugar-free products like gums, lozenges, syrups, nasal sprays, toothpaste, and mouthwashes. Natural sweeteners' antibacterial capabilities have been known for a while now. In 2019, researchers published an article in the peer-reviewed health and nutrition journal, Nutrients, stating that, the in, that ingesting xylitol produces a compound in the gut known as butyric acid. This promotes the generation of regulatory T-cells, which are important components of a person's immune system. Guess where else you find butyric acid? Butter. That's right. Good old butter. So eat some of that stuff, too. <laughs> and you bypass having to take the uh, xylitol. Uh, other studies have found that the presence of xylitol in the body can discourage certain harmful bacteria from attaching themselves to the mucosal surfaces of the lungs. Xylitol has also been found to have the ability to fight against staphylococcus infections. Xylitol works as an antiviral medication against COVID-19. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Xylitol's ab abilities as an effective antiviral medication have also been studied. In recent years, Xylitol's ability to combat influence has been studied, uh, writing in the peer-reviewed and open-source scientific journal PLOS-1. Researchers found that xylitol combined with a red ginseng was effective in ameliorating influenza-induced symptoms related to influenza A. This protective effort or effect of xylitol should be considered in relation to other diseases, wrote the researchers and their recommendations for future studies. Because of research showing that xylitol can be an effective antibacterial antiviral medication, companies have introduced nasal products containing xylitol, which could be effective against SARS-CoV-2. A study of one of the nasal sprays that contains xylitol and iota carrageenan, a type of red algae, found that the combination may increase the benefit of the formulated nasal sprays made specifically to combat the virus that causes COVID-19. 
A more recent study published in 2021 in the Journal of Allergy and Infectious Disease found that intranasal administration of antiviral agents like xylitol, grapefruit seed extract, corticosteroids, and hydrogen peroxide may provide clinical benefits to COVID-19 patients. Yeah, they have been uh, using hydrogen peroxide in, uh, along with iodine and a uh, uh, saline solution carrier. Uh, via nebulizers for quite some time, for years and years and years, and having fantastic results for just about any kind of upper respiratory deal, including recently SARS-CoV-2. The nasal spray can decrease viral activity in the nasal pathway, thereby preventing the transmission of COVID-19 in people who don't yet have the virus. The managing of severity in people who do. This study was conducted on several patients with mild to moderate COVID-19 symptoms. They were administered a nasal spray that had xylitol and grapefruit seed extract. Uh, Researchers noted a quick reduction of clinical course um, and improvements in symptoms as early as day four of their COVID-19 case. By day seven, the patients in the study had already tested negative several times for COVID-19. This rapid clinical improvement is being attributed to the xylitol nasal spray. Well, yeah, if the stuff is shot up the snout and it kills the things and your tests are done same way, they stick a thing up your nose. Yeah, if there's nothing up there for it to test, of course, it's going to test negative. Unless they run up the the series or the number of cycles, and then they can find anybody to test positive, even though you're negative. Limited strategies are currently accessible in modifying the viral content of an infected patient, respiratory tracts, justifying the need for novel therapeutic interventions, targeting the principal route of infection, wrote the authors. We propose that intranasal administration of virucidal and antiviral therapies may be a novel strategy to provide an added clinical benefit by decreasing the viral activity in the nasal pathway, thus preventing disease transmission, managing the disease severity, and limiting complications. The ability of xylitol nasal sprays to restore a sense of smell in COVID-19 patients is also being studied. In addition to its antibacterial and antiviral abilities, xylitol is also considered a prebiotic that can improve bowel function and motility. Xylitol's laxative effects also make it an effective treatment against constipation. The presence of butyric acid produced by ingesting xylitol has also been associated with a reduced risk of colorectal cancer. Pretty cool. Uh, Let's see here. They have a little video here. Watch the video below to learn about other natural sweetener and fantastic health benefits, including preventing infections. And what we're going to do is put this in the chat room and the Telegram channel. And anybody that wants it can then check it out for themselves. Whoops. Come on. There we go. And Telegram. Hey, the Alan and Bammer in the uh, chat room. Chat room's been kind of dead this morning, a little quiet, (laughs) empty. Good to see some people starting to show up. Why is carrageenan in milk? Ew, shouldn't be. (laughs) I'd switch brands. Oh, my goodness. 
Anyway, let's see here. Where are we? Researchers hunt for COVID-resistant individuals in hopes of discovering a natural cure. There's plenty of natural cures. <laughs> Colloidal silver, uh, chlorine dioxide, hydrogen peroxide. I mean, they're looking for someone so they can draw blood from them and produce some kind of magic elixir that they can inject into other people. Just use the stuff that's out there. Good grief. You know, clean up your diet, give your body the 90 essential nutrients, give extra C, D, zinc, uh, quercetin, things like that that will help support stuff in your immune system. And, of course, you know, wash your hands. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But this garbage is looking for people who have had it. You know, I'm sorry. You don't need to do that. That's just a way to make money. You know, you can get the stuff on, you know, go to your local feed store, buy some ivermectin horse paste. That stuff works. Uh, Biden pushes American children to develop serious illness or die by getting injected despite near zero risk from COVID. Yeah. This, this stuff of giving these injections to children is absolute criminal child abuse, period. Government continues risky push for injections despite growing reports of adverse reactions and deaths. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of people, in my estimation, have died as a result of this. Not to mention, you know, pregnant women taking these things and having 82% uh, miscarry or have spontaneous abortions, which is the better term for it because it's usually later in the um, process of uh, gestation. You know, miscarriages are usually early on, the first trimester. This is, you know, you know, a couple of weeks from uh, birth, and they just have a spontaneous abortion. Bingo. Patriot nurse tells Mike Adams Fauci has psychological pathology. I think <laughs> that guy's a psychopath. Ontario schools closed, citing rising Omicron cases as an excuse. Mayo Clinic. Fires hundreds of unvaccinated employees despite ongoing staff shortages, rejecting the advantage of natural immunity. And you can bet if they were working at the Mayo Clinic, chances are they've been exposed and they probably have natural antibodies. You know, and that's the thing. You don't have to get the illness. If you're exposed to it and you've got a healthy immune system, you can develop the antibodies just naturally to protect you so you never do get sick. And you're protected from the illness in all forms. But they just ignore that. Mayo Clinic confirmed that it had fired approximately 700 employees who refused to get injected against the Wuhan coronavirus. The massive nonprofit healthcare employer, symptom suppression and disease management employer, terminated 1% of its 73,000-person workforce across all locations, including its major campuses located in Minnesota, Florida, and Arizona. The clinic first announced its plan to mandate injections for its staff in July 2021 before enforcing a January 3rd deadline to comply. 
The clinic said in the statement that while they are saddened to lose valuable employees, they need to take all steps necessary to keep patients, workforce, visitors, and communities safe which is just the opposite of what's going to happen because you're keeping the people who are going to spread this thing. If you're injected, you're a super spreader. For as long as you draw breath, which won't be that long now, you are producing spike proteins and transmitting those to anyone and everyone in the area around you. So, And these people should know this. Why they are doing it, they're either criminally insane or criminally stupid. Either way, you shouldn't have anything to do with them. In mid-December, the Minnesota Nurses Association held a press conference to call on hospital CEOs to address the staffing concerns. Mary Turner, the union president and a COVID-19 intensive care unit nurse, said to our hospital CEOs and elected officials, please hear us. Nurses need more than words. We need action to address the crisis of staffing and retention in Minnesota hospitals. Mayo Clinic stated it, that they are not closing the doors on their employees. The clinic stated that those who have been released from their employment can apply for future job openings, given that they are already injected. So, yeah, <laughs> the only way you can come back is to take a life-threatening injection. It's not going to do anything but make you spread the illness. Brilliant. Brilliant. Way to go, Mayo Clinic. You screwed the pooch. In the same statement, the clinic noted that nine, nearly 99% of staff across all locations have complied with their required injection program, so they have been injected or received medical or religious exemptions. Mayo Clinic went on to state that injection keeps people out of the hospital, which is bull. <laughs> based on science and data no it's not it's based on your freaking lies the vast majority of people that are in the hospitals are all fully injected however they did not add that studies and data suggest that the omicron variant of the covid 19 virus can easily infect fully injected individuals can easily infect anybody all the other variants could too <laughs> biden's directive may have played a role you think President Joe Biden announced several months ago that healthcare facilities that receive Medicare and Medicaid funding would have to impose vaccine or injection mandates for all their employees or risk losing federal funding, which could have played a role in the Mayo Clinic's own mandate. About a week ago, the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services reversed its policy and announced that it would begin enforcing uh, the injection mandates in about half the U.S. states, including Minnesota. Hmm. That's interesting because there's a court order opposing it. The agency said that it modified the compliance dates for the mandates so facilities that have uh, that apply uh, have to comply with mandates first phase that all healthcare staff need to have obtained the first dose of Pfizer or Moderna or the single dose shot of Johnson & Johnson by January 27, 2022 or 30 days following the issuance of the CMS memorandum. I don't know how that's still going on because the court has uh, shot that down. Well, we'll have to see. Um, wait a minute. No, because I think there was another court that 
overturned that court. <laughs> There's a real pissing match going on between the Democrat or the liberal and conservative courts here in the country. So now it's going to the Supremes who are literally going to screw the pooch, I'm sure, and uphold these stupid things. I would not be at all surprised. You know, you've got the three idiots, you know, you've got Kagan and Sotomayor and, um, um, what's his chops, uh, uh, Breyer, who are all indicating they're wringing their hands and they're not, you know, the, the Supreme Court should be looking at one thing and one thing only, and they're not looking at it at all. And that's whether or not the Constitution grants any authority for the government to issue these mandates, which it doesn't. So we'll look at that more when we get back on the other side of the break. Stick with us. We'll be back in three minutes with more your DIY health here on the Truth Frequency. Cancer research, the biggest revenue. They make all those billions lying to me and you. The same folks that brought you this toxic sewer are now going to bring us all a cure. Somehow I just don't think so. Now the IRS gets billions from people like you and me. Then Medicare pumps it back to the drug lords, don't you see? And welcome back to the last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And... Um, we were looking at the Mayo Clinic and their uh, firing of good workers and keeping foolish ones, and all in the name of safety, which is just the opposite of what they're going to experience when they start seeing all their patients coming down with COVID. Uh, guess what? It's going to come back to bite them. Mayo Clinic faced backlash over its policy as 38 lawmakers signed a letter to the hospital to reconsider its rule. The letter started by a Republican member of the Minnesota House of Representatives, Peggy Bennett, stated that they heard from a large number of concerned Mayo employees who raised their concerns over the policy. In the letter, the lawmakers noted that many of the employees working for Mayo have been infected by the virus, but remained at work to serve its patients and the people of Minnesota. They did so for all these months without the protection of any injections. Lawmakers said that they believe the people deserve to make their own decisions based on the benefits and risk of for themselves without needing to be coerced or forced into doing so by the threat of losing their jobs. When asked to respond to the letter, the Mayo Clinic referred to its initial statement where they said they had uh, that their decision is based on science and data, which is absolute crap. There is no science or data that supports any of this stuff. It's clear that the vaccination keeps people out of the hospital and saves lives. Again, another freaking lie. Watch the video below to learn more about how hospitals are handling staff shortages. Okay, let's play this real quick. Hopefully it's not real long. It's been done before, but it's kind of hard to be a nurse and not say anything at all. So the new CDC recommendations say that healthcare workers can return to work after five days. I tested positive for COVID on Friday. Triple vaxxed. And the answer work is telling me is they're ready for me to come back. Well, 
It hasn't even been five days. And so they said once I'm asymptomatic, I can come back. What is asymptomatic exactly? Well, they tell me a cough that is not disruptive to others. They also tell me no runny nose and I need to wear an N95 the entire time I'm at work. The health department calls today. New York State is not adapting the CDC guidelines at this time. But they tell me, go ahead and do what your work tells you to do. So I said, okay, so I'm off quarantine since work is telling me to come back. No, no. I'm still on quarantine, but I can only go to work and back. So what you're telling me is in the great state of New York, you can go take care of patients while you are actively having COVID, but you can't go to the grocery store, can't stop for food, can't get a coffee, can't go to the gas station, can't go anywhere. And what about my three kids that are on quarantine? Who's going to watch them while I go back to work? Have we not thought of this? Because my kids are still on quarantine for 10 days, but I'm expected to go back to work after five. And what about this whole AHA guidelines with let's just go ahead and do CPR without PPE? I have COVID. I obviously will be wearing an N95. But am I expected with a non-COVID patient to wait until I have full PPE on to do CPR? Or do we have the same guidelines for our non-COVID patients as we do for our COVID patients? Yeah, and that was the end of it. (laughs) It was kind of abrupt. But um, she's asking a lot of good questions, and you can bet that the people at the Mayo Clinic don't have a clue because they're just pulling this stuff out of thin air. It's absolute insanity. There's no science to back up anything that's going on. It's all criminal. And flies in the face of what this country was allegedly founded for, you know, the rights of the individual. Where we've come to in the last two years, you know, a couple of years ago, if someone, well, you got to prove that you've had a vaccine for this or for that. No, I don't. Bump you. You, know, you don't get to know what my records are. That's a violation of HIPAA. Well, guess what? That's all out the window now. It's absolute insanity. But it is what it is. Uh, Let's see here. Let's see. FedEx delays are just the latest in a long string of supply chain disruptions blamed on Omicron. Uh, FedEx has been delaying stuff long before Omicron ever came out. I was fighting with, you know, getting things here back six months ago long before Omicron ever made it. Beverly Hills residents flocking to buy guns for self-defense as violent crime soars in L.A. Imagine that. You you cut the police funding and, gee whiz, the criminals kind of go haywire. Nobody saw that coming. (laughs) Oh, this is one. This is interesting. Othering uninjected persons. To see what they're talking about there. In my teachings, I prepare undergraduate students to become high school history teachers. 
In one course, teachers can, teacher candidates prepare and deliver mock lessons. Their peers play the role of high school students, and I observe and give feedback following these practice sessions. Whether coincidence or a reflection of the times, this fall, uh, this fall, a good number of mock lessons covered the rise of totalitarianism. Hmm. <laughs> In one excellent lesson, a teacher candidate had his students examine the context that gave rise to totalitarianism. He accompanied this lesson with an excerpt from a world history textbook listing characteristics of totalitarianism. This lesson hit on the true purpose of including totalitarianism in high school curricula. The purpose is not to honor the likes of Hitler, Stalin, or Mussolini, nor is that purpose to provide the methods of totalitarianism as an instructional manual to follow. Rather, the purpose of teaching on totalitarianism is to deliver a warning. Heed well the conditions that yielded totalitarianism so you can recognize and avoid them. As, an observed, uh, as I observed this teacher candidate's lesson, I could not help but think about the purpose in the context of our present time. One passage from the lesson's textbook concerned me the most. Totalitarian leaders often create enemies of the state to blame for the things that go wrong. Frequently, these enemies are members of religious or ethnic groups. Hmm, that sure sounds familiar. Often, these groups are easily identified and are subjected to campaigns of terror and violence. They may be forced to live in certain areas or are subjected to rules that apply only to them. Like the people that won't wear face diapers, the people that won't get injected, the Christians, the white males, who knows. Creating an enemy of the state requires othering, a process of dehumanizing through marginalizing a group of humans as something different, less than, and other. Such othered groups become an easy target to scapegoat unfairly bearing the blame for the society's ills. Look what they're doing right now in Australia and New Zealand. The people that have not taken the jabs are locked in their homes. They, can, they have three reasons they're allowed to come out. They can't travel more than 30 kilometers from their home. And work, your job, is not one of the three excuses for leaving. So you, your gainful employment, that's history. And without that, none of the others work because you can't afford to do any of the others. They're othered. History is replete with examples of othering. The ancient Greeks othered based on language, labeling those who did not speak Greek barbarians. In the United States, chattel slavery and segregation were sustained through othering based on skin color. In Nazi Germany, Hitler othered based on religion, casting Jewish people as enemies of the state. Othering frequently plays on people's stereotypes and fears. In the United States, for example, black men have been othered as thugs, playing on fears about violence and criminality. In another example, public health officials in Nazi-occupied Poland played on the primal human fear of disease. Propaganda posters proclaim Jews are lice. They cause typhus. Now, some politicians are othering the uninjected. 
These politicians attempt to scapegoat and marginalize this minority group, despite knowing that injected uh, and uninjected people alike can contract and spread COVID-19. But what they don't say is most of them are being, it's the, uh, it's the injected ones that are doing it the most. Below, I provide the words of three politicians as examples of othering language. I also encourage you to read their words in context. In the United States, President Joe Biden, and I seldom use those three words in the same sentence, resident Uncle Sleepy Joe, uh, September 9 press conference announced sweeping injection mandates. He expressed that many of us are frustrated with uninjected persons. He laid blame on them for continued pandemic. Biden claimed that this pandemic and the uninjected was caused by nearly 80 million Americans who have failed to get the shot. He faulted a district, a distinct minority of Americans for keeping us from turning the corner. And he promised we cannot allow these actions to stand in the way of protecting the large majority of Americans who have done their part and want to get back to life as normal, which will never happen. In a September 17th interview on the Quebec talk show La Semaine uh, des Forjoulets, <laughs> anyway, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, a.k.a. son of, Cos um, what's his name, um, oh, the dude in Cuba, <laughs> Castro, <laughs> Castro's son, labeled those opposed to injection misogynists. Oh, yeah, we hate women. That's it. <laughs> and racist. That makes no sense whatsoever. That guy's a moron. Then he exclaimed that Canada needed to make a choice. Do we tolerate these people? Oh, yeah. In France, President Emmanuel Macron gave a, an interview with Le Parisien on January 4th. In this interview, he categorized the uninjected as non-citizens, referred to their lies and stupidity as the worst enemies of democracy and proclaimed, I really want to piss the inject, uninjected off. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Macron argued these uninjected persons to be only a very small minority who are resisting and asked a chilling question. How do we reduce that minority? They're saying these things on purpose. In these communications, Biden, Trudeau, and Macron employed several practices of othering. They created a majority in-group, signaled by the use of the first-person plural, we, us, and a minority othered group, signaling the use in the third-party plural, they, them. They cast blame for government pandemic policies on the othered group, keeping us from turning the corner. They used words to signal the in-group that they should be angry at the othered group. Many of us are frustrated. I really want to piss them off. <laughs> Trudeau and Macron specifically used labels that devalued this other group. Misogynist, racist, enemies, non-citizens. Most worryingly, Macron and Trudeau questioned whether and how to eliminate this other group. Do we tolerate these people? And how do we reduce that minority? My hope is that this will all amount to nothing more than ignored public rhetoric. 
empty bluster these politicians hope will score a, f a few minor popularity points with their electoral base. My fear is that it will not. Either way, the dangerous othering language must be recognized and condemned. Historians study casualty or causality, excuse me, context, conditions, events, and their outcomes. We have examined the conditions that yielded chattel slavery, the gulag, the Holocaust, Jim Crow, Rwanda. This is not an attempt to equate current pandemic policies with these past tragedies. Rather, this is a warning call. We have seen these conditions before, and we have seen where they lead. Turn back now. That way leads to darkness. Interesting. And good point. They are really, really, really messing with people. And they're pulling out all the stops. With globalist puppets in control of every Western nation, brace yourself for the next diabolical move, the weaponization of food. Yeah. And uh, let's see here. I'm just looking at some of the things in the chat room. Uh, have no Alan had to go. Keep up the good show. <laughs> Take care, Alan. Um, 38, the number of murder. <laughs> Seceded to not get the shot. Way to go, bam. They're coming up with the dumbest stuff. Uh, there's been spells cast and mind control. Only the brainwashed will believe that BS. Yeah, but unfortunately, most of the generally dumb public, Bubis Americanus, is just that, brainwashed. 95%. You know, just all you got to do is go to the grocery store and see how many people are wearing face diapers and how many people aren't. Every face diaper is, is on the face of an enemy. An enemy of freedom. They're letting this happen. And if they would simply take those things off and become part of the majority on the right side of history, this would be over. They can't arrest or kill us all. But incrementally, they can arrest and kill us all a little at a time. <laughs> Weaponization of food. Goodness. Over the last several months, many Christians who deal with the prophetic have been hearing a particular sequence of words in their quiet time, often in dreams, which they believe is from God. Brace yourself for impact. <laughs> it sounds like uh, something from Star Trek. Brace for impact. Or collision. Warning. Warning, Will Robinson. Anyway. I've heard it uh, from more than one person, and if you search online, you'll see others who claim to have heard the same message from God. I don't pretend to be a prophet, and I don't know for certain what this means. I can only take it for face value. Brace yourself. Something impactful is about to happen. It could be something literally impactful, like a bomb, an asteroid, a tsunami, or some other natural force suddenly crashing into the Earth. Or it could be something impactful in the political realm that forces dramatic changes in our way of life. For what instance, uh, what happened in the United States Supreme Court gives its stamp of approval to Biden's illegal unconstitutional mandates. Uh, the Supreme Court is a wild card and must be considered. 
Yeah, today they're supposed to be putting something out that might have uh, some rulings regarding these things. You never know. According to Katie Pavlich at townhall.com, I like Katie, she's good. The first day of oral arguments on Biden's vaccination mandates was a total disaster, with several of the justices exhibiting a level of cluelessness that was astonishing. Yeah, and they weren't all the liberal ones. Many Supreme Court justices have falsely stated today that the Wuhan coronavirus injection prevents disease and transmission in the workplace, which is absolute crap. This is an absolutely false and highly alarming that they're using that point as a fact to make their decision. Yeah. And then on top of that, uh, I think it was Gorsuch that was alluding to the fact that Biden shouldn't be doing this. He should be relying on Congress. And that just shows what an idiot he is, because Congress doesn't have any authority either. The only thing they should be looking at is whether there is any authority granted in the Constitution for the U.S. government, or any government for that matter, to take these actions. And the answer is resoundingly, no, there is not. And it is clear from other Supreme Court opinions in the past that during times of stress and natural disaster and whatnot, the Constitution does not get put on hold. Those are the times when we must adhere to it even more stringently, because those are the times that make it simple and easy to slip out of the realms of constitutional government into despotism. And that's what we're looking at right now. Kagan and uh, Sotomayor, oh, they're just wringing their hands. They're scared to death of this terrible disease, and we've got to do something. And it's clear that vaccination is the best way to prevent all the spread and everything. Bullcrap. Doesn't make any difference if it, if, if, even if that was true, there's no constitutional authority for the government to do this. And therefore, it must be shut down. And that just shows the criminal nature of these idiots, I call them black, you know, nine clowns in black gowns. They're morons. And I don't care what they end up opinion, uh, opining, because they don't issue rulings, they issue opinions. Opinions are nothing but that. We don't have to follow them. Period. Anyway, I strongly suspect two or of the three may uh, two of the three justices put on the court by Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell are imposters. Yeah, who were placed there for exactly this purpose to force experimental gene therapy shots on the American people. Would not surprise me a bit. Kavanaugh and Barrett are, as far as I'm concerned, pretty much worthless, and I don't think Gorsuch is much better. The only guy there that really I can count on is. As um, uh, Clarence Thomas, he's the only one that's really stood strong. You know, um, Roberts is a waste, <laughs> and uh, what's his chops? The other guy, um, oh crap, I can't remember his name now. But anyway, Alito. You know, whether he does it or not, I don't know. But anyway, talking about uh, Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh. I am. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I believe at least one of them, possibly both, will vote along with the other liberals to grant the court's approval of the illegal, unconstitutional, anti-American, anti-God, anti-human Biden shot mandates. I agree. Only Justices Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito and Neil Gorsuch <laughs> can be counted on to stand against this evil. And I'm not even sure about uh, the last two there. 
I expect a 5-4 or 6-3 decision to empower the federal government to force its all employees. Uh, they won't just stop at companies with uh, 100 or more employees. I think they'll do it a blanket overall thing. They'll say, you're going you're to do it to everybody. And that's when the shooting's going to start. To fire unjabbed workers or be bankrupted by massive fines. This will absolutely crush what's left of an already fragile supply chain. Yeah. If Pandora's box is opened by a reckless Supreme Court decision, all the major trucking companies will fire drivers who refuse to get the jab. This will encompass at least 30% of the nation's overall trucking cohort, and they can't afford to lose that many. 3% will put them in a tailspin. Chris Spear, the president of the American Trucking Association, told members of Congress in November that he warned that the Biden administration, if they follow through on this vax mandate, it will bring down the supply chain. That's what they're trying to do. America already has a shortage of more than 80,000 truckers compared with the pre-pandemic levels. Spear said that if Biden's vaccine mandate is enforced, the industry will lose 37% of its truckers or 2.5 million drivers, according to the ATA survey. The survey came back as 37% drivers said uh, only not only said no, but hell no, Spear testified. Spear said that the current struggling supply chain could not survive if even 10% of the tr current trucking force walks off the job. So um, imagine where, if any, anywhere near 37% calls it quits. <laughs> and let's see what, uh, hopefully this won't take. When we're long. talking about how the drivers would uh, feel about a, ma a vaccine mandate, what, what, what kind of reactions are you getting from them on that? Just all of them required for a vaccine to do business. Yeah, I want to be clear and qualify this, that this isn't about being pro or anti-vax for us. Um, you know, we're been, we've been moving the vaccine, PPE and test kits. So this is uh, something our industry is very forward-leaning on. Uh, but in our sample survey of our fleets, uh, it, it came back as 37% of our drivers not only said no, but hell no. Now, let's just take a conservative number. Let's just say 3.7%, not 37% were to actually leave rather than get the vaccine. That'd be catastrophic. We're already short 80,000. That's going to inflate to a quarter million. So for us, you know, we've tried to be very clear with the administration that if you do this, I understand the logic behind it, but if you do this, these are the consequences. So if you're trying to solve the supply chain problem, you know, you're actually compounding it and actually hurting the very problem that you're trying to fix on the vaccine side. So, you know, be careful what you wish for here. Uh, I also don't think, Congressman, that OSHA has the jurisdiction to do this. Exactly. They don't. There is no constitutional authority whatsoever for any of this stuff. And the First and Fourth and Fifth Amendments protect people. And uh, they, they just don't care. They think the generally dumb public will just roll up their sleeves because they're so ignorant of their rights. And as a result, if you don't exercise your rights, you don't have any. And that's what they're counting on. But we're out of time for today. Stick with us. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. And uh, we'll see you then. Take care and God bless. Remember, take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. We will see you on Tuesday. Take care. God bless.